And I, I'm Ginny, for, Ginny Helzer, for those of you who don't know me, I think I know most of you, but um, yeah, pretty sure there might be a few that I haven't met, but uh, we are going to get into the Word tonight. I am so excited. Uh, there's been a lot of things on my, church, uh, on my heart for these end days with our church, and um, like I said, the thing that was on my heart is, and I'm not sure if you would want to um, give this message a title or not, but it has to do with being equipped for the ministry and fulfilling the assignment on your life. So however you want to title that, if you're taking notes, hallelujah. Let's go ahead and uh, turn to Ephesians 4.11. And I just want to welcome the Holy Spirit Welcome, Holy Spirit, into this place. We give you free reign as I speak. Hallelujah, speak through me to everybody here. Hallelujah. These, these people have come, they've given their, they could be doing anything tonight, anything at all, and they chose to worship you, Father God. They chose to come and serve and honor you. So, Father God, I pray a blessing over them, I pray a Holy Spirit push in their understanding for the things that you have for them to receive tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Actually, tonight and throughout eternity. Hallelujah. We are almost at the very end, y'all. We are at the very end of time. We have, we have done run out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you okay? Do you have anything going on? No? Okay. I just... To somebody, <laughs> I sense... I sense something physical wrong with somebody. Is there something... Is there anybody that's got, like, a, something going on with them? Any pain? Is everybody good? You do have pain? All right, well, I, I just feel like before we get started, I, I sense like that somebody's hurting. I can come to you. And I just want to pray for you. Or whoever it is. Is it you? Do you have pain? Yeah, I didn't go to work today because of it. You missed work today, but you made church. Glory to God. <laughs> Got your priority. <laughs> What's going on? Um, or you don't have to say if you don't want to. Well, Okay, I thought it was with head. Yeah, so I, I got it. I got a floater in my eyes for the next three months, and, uh, and my head feels like there's something going on back there. Like so, a pain. Yeah, I had this thought today. Okay. That I cast down. Yeah. Maybe, so. Well, here's the deal. God wants you healed. Amen. And and the Word of God says that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. See, when Jesus came. And we'll just, I just want to say this before I lay hands on her. When Jesus came and he died on the cross for us, he died for our sins. But when Jesus spoke about sin, he spoke about healing. When he said, at one point, he, was, he told someone that, that was sick, he said, your sins are forgiven you. Rise and be healed. And, and it was equivalent 
to be in heal, your sins being forgiven. The only reason sickness can be on us is because of sin. Now, it's not that she has sinned, but it's, but it's we live in a sin nature world. Our world is full of sin, okay? So I don't want, I don't want us to, everybody think, oh, well, she's in sin. We've all had this. We've all had things come on us, and we've got to rebuke it and pray for it. So God said, we speak healing, he'll heal her. So we're going to lay hands on her and command healing in this body because God does not want you. He wants you to sit and receive. He's got an assignment for you that he wants you to do. In the parking lot, he was talking to me about it. Well, praise God. So this is all bearing witness with you. All right. Well, good. Um, hallelujah, Father God. Hallelujah. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your word that says, by the stripes that we are healed. And when I lay hands on our sister, she will receive healing right now. And I speak to this body from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, and I command healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Healing in Jesus' name from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Pain, you are here illegally, and I command you to leave her body now. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your healing power in her body right now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, now I can, um, now we can go on. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus, for healing. Hallelujah. We serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. In these end days, uh, God wants us to turn the heat up. In Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, the Bible says, and I'm going to probably be going through the scriptures pretty quick. You can put them up there if you, if you want. Um, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, it says, He gave some apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. What did he give them for? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So Jesus, Jesus gave us the fivefold ministry that we, the saints, would go out and do the work of the ministry. Really quick, 1 Timothy 4, 14 uh, it tells us uh, Paul was talking to Timothy, and he says, Hey, Timothy, don't neglect the gift that is in you. In 2 Timothy, he's still talking to Timothy, uh, 1.6, he says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you. So Timothy didn't need a new gift. He just needed to stir up what was in him. All right, and, and Timothy was equipped for the work of the ministry and he was told not to neglect it. Don't ignore it. We can ignore our gift and it can go dormant, okay? We don't wanna do that. So it, looks, it almost looks like Timothy was not doing his job, but if you study this out, Timothy absolutely was doing his job. But, but when you study it out, it's implying that it, it, almost, it almost looks like he's not doing his job. Paul is not implying, when you study this out, he's not implying that he had lost his fire, but what, what it actually says is that he was given a command for him to keep the spirit's fire burning at full flame. 
He just had it turned up like on simmer. And he's saying, turn up the heat. So in Hebrews, we're going to get somewhere. Uh, Chapter 6, verses 9 through 12, it says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Though we speak in this manner, kind of like this harsh manner, we're like, hey, you know, uh, uh, for God is not unjust to forget your work and your labor of love, which you have shown toward his name. He's saying, hey, we see that you're, you're walking in love. We see that you're doing the work of the ministry, right? Uh, you, you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. He says, but, but Paul is speaking to a mature group here, isn't he? They're already in the ministry. They're already doing the work. They're already walking in love. Verse 11, he says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance unto the end, that you do not become sluggish. So maybe some of them were starting to get sluggish. Some of them were slowing down. Um, But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Let's look at the word sluggish really quick. Uh, It means slow moving or inactive. Dormant is marked by a suspension of activity. Whenever I hear the word dormant, it always reminds me of like uh, volcanic mountains because you've got these mighty harmless mountains. But if you stir up that mountain, You've got a volcano that's going to explode and be, you've got this this sleeping mountain, but it could be powerful. You know what I'm saying? So so that's what it reminds me of. Here what we're seeing is Paul is telling Timothy, stir up the gift in you. You know, I think of, I also think of the world right now exploding with its assignment from hell, and we gotta, we gotta match that and top it. We gotta match it and top it. But what we saw here was uh, in Hebrews 6, it, said, it says, beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you, yes, things that accompany, things that go along with salvation. So they're doing the work of the ministry, but he's saying, hey, I want to see more things that accompany salvation. What is salvation? If we look up the word salvation, it's sozo. It means a lot of people, they understand that it means healed. They understand that it means, uh, um, or excuse me, they understand that it means saved and going to heaven, but it means so much more than that. It means healed. Salvation, sozo, it means prospered. He's like, I want to see these signs following. I want to see the accompanying signs, the signs that go along with salvation. What's he telling them? Turn up the heat. So we play a part in, in that turning, turning the heat up. We are the ones, uh, it's our job to keep the flame, the Spirit's flame Uh, full flame. All right. Romans 5, 5 tells us that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's how we're able to do anything. We have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And so we have been given a great commission by God. We have been told 
to, to go into all the world. I have all authority. He's given us that authority and he tells us to go. So with that in mind, we can do that because we have that same power that raised Christ from the dead that lives in us. We can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We can speak, we've been given the name of Jesus. We've been, we've been given everything we need to succeed. When we speak God's word, the Bible says that the angels watch over the spoken word. They execute his word. We speak healing, the angels, they get onto it. Now, here's, here's what the deal is, is sometimes we'll, we'll start, and we don't realize that a lot of times when uh, someone gets hands laid on them or, or the word of God goes out, people, they draw back when they don't see anything immediately. If they don't see immediate healing, they draw back. And so what we need to do is keep the, we need to watch over the word and hold fast our confession and not, and not back off our word. Say no, by the stripes of Jesus. I remember one time I was, uh, and I shared this before about allergies. And, and I had allergies and really bad. And I was asking God, I don't know what to do about this. I've been speaking your word and I don't know what to do. And then God gave me a word, long story short. And I'm like, I began to speak that word over me and it got worse. First day it got worse. Second day it got even worse. It was like I finally had to get a box of Kleenex and just like tuck it under my arm and carry it with me everywhere I went. It was embarrassing. And I'm like blowing my nose, blowing my And I'm like, and Reed even says, Jenny, he goes, should you go to the doctor? <laughs> this is after I start believing God for something. I'm like, it was bad, but now it's really bad. I'm like, no, I knew that I knew that I knew I was healed because I got in the word. I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And when you get in the word and you see that God is our, you're not going to back off. You're like, no, that belongs to me. And that has happened in our family several times with many different things. It's by the spirit and his word. It's by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. If our testimony is sickness, we need to make our testimony line up with the word of God. And when we, when we begin to experience these things in our life, then we want to share it with others. And that's, what, and that's what we're seeing here is they're saying, turn up the heat. I want to see the accompanying signs. I want to see those things that accompany salvation. All right, so, so my goal here tonight is to stir us up to see the world in a way that is lost and dying. We can sit here and say, you know, the world's lost and dying. They're going to hell. They're blind. But it's really easy to turn the news on and go, those idiots, what are they doing? And, and you know what? It is idiotic. The Bible speaks of it as moronic. There's a Greek word, and it means moron for all the stuff that's going on out there. It's crazy. But we don't want to jump on. We don't want to leave them. We want to we pray for them as we ought to. Um, but the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in us. And we, and we want to be able to, to how, how many people do you know? I mean, how many Christians do we know? We, we're, we're all, this is our family. And sometimes you can talk to people and you can see that it's gone dormant in them. You can see there's no fire. You can see... And so there's love, 
but it just needs to be stirred up. We gotta get that love in us so great that we're so stirred when we see things that disgust us. God, what can I do in this? Is there anything I, sometimes there's not. Sometimes you're like, God helps. I pray that someone that can speak into their life because they may not receive it from us. I've actually tried before to speak into things and I realized I'm not gonna solve everybody's problem. And that I just pray and Father, I pray the right person go by that situation and that they're received and they're able to speak into that in Jesus' name. And then I go on. Sometimes I'm just planting a seed and then sometimes I'm able to speak boldly into it and be a part of it. So when we all do our part, like Paul, some plant, some water, and, and some are there to, to actually harvest that, God gets the increase. So, I want to show a video, and I want to give a little bit of a, uh, a background. Um, this, this video is, have y'all ever seen the movie Meet the Robinsons? It's an old animated, like, movie. It's kind of funny. It kind of reminds me, like, of um, a cartoon Terminator. <laughs> because, because they want to get rid of young Robinson, so they go to the past... Um, and they grab the little boy, and they bring him to the future, and they want to capture him because he's going to solve problems for the future, and they don't want him to do that. The bad guys are like, we got to catch him. We got, and there's a bunch of mind control, and they're trying to like, do all this stuff, right? So, but this scene, this scene is, is uh, I was praying and studying today, and I thought of this, and so I'm hoping it stays with us, uh, because sometimes we're like this. We're like the, the, the one that you're going to see in the video um, that has, and, and there's subtitles, so you're not going to understand what he says. The first time, i got to give a little bit of background. The first time we were watching this movie, it was kind of funny because uh, it, it was when the cell phones first came out, and they said, oh, there are some sounds that adults can't hear. And then the, the thing had subtitles, and my girls read it out loud, and I'm like, wow, I didn't hear that. There must be, that must be true. There must be sounds that um, adults can't read. So that's a joke in our house because they're like, mom, there were subtitles. I'm like, oh, because I can see the movie and see that's what it said. I didn't see the subtitles though. So we'll go ahead and, and just, it's a super short clip, but it's, it's cute. watch the whole thing it's just so funny to me but he's like why aren't you doing your job he's like I've got a big head and little arms <laughs> and he's like and I'm like that is just like the church we have these big bible heads and we have little arms and we can't reach out to, to you know to the world and so I thought of that when I was studying I'm like oh I gotta find this clip it's so funny but we can't be uh, prehistoric in nature, we can't um, we can't be out of date, out of date, uh, or out of reach. 
We gotta grow us some spiritual arms and reach the world. And I realize this is opposite. This is the bad guy. We don't, have, we don't want him to get the, the, the good kid. <laughs> but but uh, I was hoping that would stay with you. So many times we're talking to people and we're talking about the Lord and, you know, they'll even interrupt. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and we, sometimes we've had such great conversation around the table and we all have so much wisdom and knowledge like around the Lord and, and we're excited about the things of God and I feel like we need our arms to grow as big as our heads are. <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude, but, I, but I'm at, that's just the video and the Bible's the one that is actually more bold and, and they're saying... Uh, in 2 Corinthians 3, I think it's 14, or no, uh, 16 maybe. Um, I didn't write the scripture down, but now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled or uncovered faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the, transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. The word beholding means to mirror, to correspond, uh, corresponding to. Um, It means in accordance with, to to mirror in accordance with a person or a thing. It means to produce a reflection. So, So we're to reflect like a mirror. So how do we... What, is that, what does that actually look like? Um, you know, we look at the word and we see that salvation means healing. We see that it means uh, the word of God is our mirror. We're looking into the mirror and we're supposed to mirror this. We're supposed to, I have books within books. And we're supposed to mirror this. If it says healing, we say healing. If it says peace, we say peace. If it says prosperity, we show prosperity. It's like, how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I I show prosperity? How do I do these things just because the Bible says it? When we get so full of the word, when you begin to see who God is, who his nature is, and you stay prayed up in the Holy Ghost, that's how we do it. We become so bold, we become just like him. We become just like him, and we begin to reflect him. We dare to step out on that. The first time I ever laid hands on my own self or even begin to pray out loud to God or call in finances, the first time I did that, I walked out of the room 30 seconds after I stopped. I walked in, I'm like, I am purposed to talk to my finances today. And because it's odd because it's not something we do a lot, because it's not something you see people practicing and doing on TV. What we see people doing is saying what they see instead of calling those things that be not as though they were. And so we need to reflect the word of God. But I just wanna, I I feel like I'm supposed to do this. I walked into my room, because I had children in the other room and they were sleeping and I thought, I'm going to speak to my finances. And I walked into this room and I did a little walkthrough. I said, Father, 
I'm going to speak to my finances. And it felt so awkward. That's about as far as I got. And I like ran out of the room. I'm like, I can't. This is weird. I'm talking to, and I even looked up. I'm like, this is too weird. It felt awkward. It's going to feel awkward. We need to speak to our finances. Just like we did when we, when we um, uh, gave our monies. Um, if you're not feeling good, speak to your body. And then hold fast your confession. Nope, the word of God says that. I am not moving off of it. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And then get you some scriptures and stand on them and stay on them. Do not move. No, this is my Bible. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. So when we get like this, and then we get around the world, we need to listen to what the world is saying. See, they're, they're telling us the bait. They're telling us what, how to fish. They're telling us what they need to become Christians. Oh, I just hate my marriage. Oh, I just, I just can't make a dime to save my life. I live paycheck to paycheck. What would we say to that? Man, I can't help you, but I, I know someone who can. I, that's my, that's my favorite. I, I can't, you know, I couldn't, I don't make enough money to, to, to help you and this whole neighborhood, but I'll tell you what, I know who can. And I can show you how he changed my finances. And I might be able to help you a little, but I know someone who could teach you to fish. That old saying, God is good. And I'm telling you what, he's daring us to step out. He, he's actually commanding us to step out in these end days. That's what he wants us to do. That's our command. In Matthew 28, 18 and 20, I referred to it a little bit. It says, Jesus came and spake unto uh, them, saying, all power is given, he's talking to his disciples, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things, whatever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. We are, we are to the end of the times right now. We are, time is almost out. And, and, and we're to do this until time is done. And he says, all power has been given to me. And he gives it to us and says, go. So if we don't have one of the five-fold ministry gifts, I can tell you for sure we're sent on our jobs. We're sent to our neighbors. We're sent to, to uh, uh, whoever it is that we cross their path. I'm constantly looking for people to just, you know, God, can I say something to them? Can I plant a seed? When I, when I fly a plane, uh, when I fly on a plane, I am not a pilot. <laughs> when I go, when I get seated on a plane, I'm like, before I ever go, usually it's before I even get on the plane. Um, there was one time I got on the plane and I'm like, oh shoot, God, I, I, I do want to sit next to somebody who doesn't know you. And they rearranged the whole plane for like 10 minutes. It was amazing. And, and sat somebody next to me. It's a little bit of a story. I don't have time for it. But God is so good. And he'll give you people to minister to. 
And he'll also, if you've never done this before, you can say, God, give me someone easy. Give me someone that's, that, show me, let me start out easy. Make this easy for me. He'll, he'll start you where, where you are. Because he wants, he wants, you know, come that day where the reward seat, he wants to give you rewards. He wants you guys to not be naked up there. <laughs> you won't be naked, but, you know, you want some, you want some rewards. And we don't do it for the rewards, but he wants to, he wants to glorify you. Um, in Acts 1.8, we haven't really talked about this as far as the Holy Spirit goes, as far as being filled with the Holy Spirit and such, but Acts 1.8 says that when, when, we, when, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. Uh, we're, we receive power to be witnesses. Now, that's one thing that's very, very important. Um, we need to be filled with the Spirit and many of us are filled with the Holy Spirit, but we need to pray in the Holy Ghost daily. I used to just kind of go really easy on this, but I'm telling you, we don't have time to mess around. It's not five or ten minutes here. We need to give some time to it. We need to, if you're doing your dishes, if you're driving down the road, you need to start being purpose and say, Father, help me remember to pray in the Holy Ghost. Because God knows you've got things to do. He wants you to be praying in the Holy Spirit as much as you can throughout the day. There's this one guy, he's super, uh, he's a businessman, he's a preacher, he uh, does a lot of stuff with other business guys that are not, a lot of them are not saved. And, and he says, they put up with my babble because sometimes he'll just start praying in the Holy Ghost like under his breath, and he's thinking, but they go, they put up with his babble because he is so successful. And they're like, we don't know what it is that you do, but you, everything you touch is gold. And it's, a, it's actually an open door for him to do a lot of witnessing. Not that we want to like, be praying in front of other people in the Holy Ghost. That's, the Bible says, you know, that's your, your time. You do that in your closet. But, but amp up. Um, all right. Um, so we need to have compassion uh, you know, the one thing I think that is really uh, my message tonight is stir up your compassion for the world. And we cannot save them ourselves. Of ourselves, we could reach out. We could even financially do a lot of stuff. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you pray in the Spirit and read your Bible, you are doing more for that neighbor, more for that coworker, more for your spouse, more for anybody, whoever it is that you're witnessing to, whoever it is you're trying to, to reel in. You do more by praying and reading your Bible. I shouldn't say more because there's an action out, outside of that. We got we to gotta talk to them. We gotta, but you do so much by praying in the Holy Spirit. So I'm encouraging us, pray in the Holy Spirit. Have the compassion for the world. Ask God to give it to you. He'll, he'll give it to you. He'll, he'll stir up in you a new revelation of the world dying and going to hell. He'll show you. I've been seeing things lately. I was watching a, a minister uh, lay hands on people. It was at the end of the service. I'm like, oh, it's over. And I, and I saw two things as I turned, and I'm like, oh, 
And for one, there was like this great compassion, and for the other, it was not there. And it just, I was like, oh, that's odd. But God let me see that. And I'm like, oh, God, we need to have compassion for... I could see why he was more compassionate with one than he was the other. And maybe he was being led by the Holy Spirit, but it just touched me. So I don't want to judge him or anything like I just did. Um, but, uh, but, but you understand what I'm saying. I saw it. And, and we need to stir that compassion for everybody. Let the Lord minister compassion to you about the world at large and your world and your harvest field. Your harvest field is different than ours. Everybody's harvest field is different. It might be just one neighbor God really wants you to focus on. I left a job that I'm still ministering to a young man. God's like, don't let him go. And I'm like, okay. And Reed and I got him a book. We're going to give it to him this next week. And, uh, and try to talk to him, too. I always try to listen to him and see what he's interested. Um, he was asking about the end times. I'm like, oh, good question, sir. <laughs> so I got him, I got him uh, uh, an end time book of someone that I, that I really respect. Um, but anyway, um, in 1 Timothy, actually, when Paul was talking to Timothy, he gave him two things about how to ne not neglect the power of God in him. And in 1 Timothy 4.15, he says, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them, that they may prop be, that, that, that they profiting, that thy profiting may appear not to some, but all. So he was told to focus his thoughts on, to practice, to attend to these things wholly. The word of God is what, is what it's talking about. Uh, and 2 Timothy 1.6 is the second thing he told him to do is stir up the gift in him. The gift is already in him. And he was to stir that gift up. Hallelujah. In Jeremiah 29, or excuse me, 23, 29, the Bible says, is, is, not, is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? Now, I, I, I use this illustration a lot because it speaks for its own, but a fire God talks about a fire in us and that we're to keep the flame burning at full flame. And here we see God saying, uh, is not my word like a fire? And a fire left alone will go out. So a fire, we, even though we receive the fire baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? And we're burning on the inside for Jesus, and we go up and we receive these things from, from God, it's up to us to fan the flame. It's up to us to keep the wood on the fire, to keep it burning. And a hammer, isn't my word like a fire? And isn't my word like a hammer? He's, he's talking about things that if we left a hammer by itself, it would get no hammering done. There'd be no work done in the house. 
It needs cooperation. You have to pick it up and you have to hammer and hammer. You are the one who has to do the, you cooperate with, here's you and here's God. We cooperate with the Holy Ghost. We keep that flame. We fan it. We keep it burning bright at full flame. Ephesians 5.17 says, wherefore, uh, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It's actually, it's be being filled with the Spirit. That's the Greek translation of that. Don't just get filled with the Spirit one time. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit continually. Be being filled. It's not just one experience. It's a continual experience with the Holy Spirit. When we hold so tight to our lives and the style, the style that we want to live like, oh, I don't, want to, I don't want anything to be messed up. I'm, this is where I'm at right here. This is where I'm, you know, this is where I live right here. I don't, we don't give the Holy Spirit any, we don't, we don't, we're not giving God any room to, to move through us. Step outside your comfort zone and, and dare to reach, dare to grow spiritual arms and reach the world, however that is. What, see, it's gonna be different for you than it is me. We all do things differently. Sometimes I just go into a store. One time I was like, God, I haven't like, got to pray with anybody in so long. And, and I went and, and Aldi's was a new store. And for some reason I felt like I needed to go in there and check out their avocados. They were like 50 cents a piece. And I'm like, that's a good price. And I'll, I'll just troll through and, and stroll through and see, see what the store is all about. I go in there, I walk through the store. As I'm going through the store, because I prayed. I'm like, God, I sure would like to help somebody. I want to reach out to somebody. And I hadn't got to talk or pray to anybody in anything. And this older couple, you know how your carts, the, the older man, he looked like he was maybe 90, but I'm sure he wasn't. Because his wife looked 80. Maybe, the, maybe he was. She, he just looked a lot older than her. And he was pushing the basket. And then all of a sudden, she's on the other end. She was at the end of it, reaching for something and putting something in the basket. And then she kind of turns to the basket and she starts slowly slipping down the basket like she's going to fall. And the guy goes, honey, honey. And she goes, honey. And it really touched me. And, and she, she, he goes, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> it was kind of sad because she was starting to fall. And, and I'm standing there going, oh my gosh. And so I go over and I said, ma'am, I said, are you okay? And I help her stand back up. And, and she says, no, I'm not. And I said, well, do you care if I pray for you? And she goes, yes. And she just puts her arms around me. I don't know this woman. She's like, we are next to each other as intimate as reading I get. <laughs> like, we are, like, touching and pressing here. I'm like, okay. And, and I didn't know, I'm like, oh, dear, I got to pray for this woman. And the only way I know to pray is, like, command whatever's wrong with her to be made right in Jesus' name. So I just began, I don't even remember how I prayed, but I was like, Father, in Jesus' name, I just speak to this woman's body in the name of Jesus, and I command healing, something like that. And... And I literally peel her off me. I said, ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. I said, stand up. I said, stand up. 
And I said, can you walk? And she goes, well, yes. And I said, see if you can walk. And, and she starts walking down the aisle, left her husband. Now, now, I didn't realize it at the time, but during all that time, people had come around, and when I, when I got her to start walking, I'm like, praise God. And I look around, there's like a small crowd. And, and I'm like, oh. And I said, sir, I think you, and the, the old man was looking at me with his mouth open like that, just staring at me for a really, and I said, sir, I think you need to get with your wife. And he, and he just was like walking by. And, and then they go to the register, and uh, they're at the front of the register, and I'm at the back of the register, and they get their stuff done. And she turns around, and she goes, you're an angel. Thank you. And she's waving to me really big in the back of the line, because I'm in the back, and I'm like, welcome, God bless you. But, you know, that was, I don't know where she was at with God, but she saw the goodness of God. She saw somebody that cared about her, that reached out. I didn't get to tell her about church. I didn't get to, but you know what? She knew that I prayed in the name of Jesus and that we serve a mighty God. And she says, I'm better. I'm better. There was a little more to the testimony, but it was cool. Um, We do that by being filled with the Holy Spirit. I couldn't give her anything. I couldn't heal a gnat, a small bug. But I get very bold when I've been praying. And, 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 I, and I know that it's not me, it's God. And I'm more yielded and surrendered to what it is that God wants to do. Now, um, I want to leave time just uh, to, let me, let me just check something out here. Um, yeah, I think we have time. Um, all right, I, I wanna just recommend this, um, and then I wanna share something else. Um, you know, you know I, I wanna encourage us to pray more. I want to encourage us to shut the TV off. I want to encourage us. What, what I did is I did a time audit, and it's kind of a thing that I, I've done for years. And what I do is I take a sheet of paper, and, and I just, I write on it. And I write 24, 1 through 12 and 1 through 12. And I cross off the time that I sleep, and then I mark the time that I work, And then I mark, and I see how many other time, what kind of discretionary time I have. And then I say, God, what can, what do you want me to do with this time? And and for a long time, I've not had but little tiny, there was times like, you know, I'm taking prayer time on my lunch. And because it was that tight. And and I asked God, God, I need more time. I need to be freed up. There's things in my heart that I want to do. And so God over a short period of time, a year and a half or so, I got free. And now I've got more time to do certain things. So if you find like, God, I just don't have the time. You're too busy. You need to pare down. And that's what God would say to you. Pare down. Because what's going on right now at the end of the days, we need to be about the Father's business. We've always needed to be about the Father's business. Because somebody's life is always in danger. Somebody's last days are always upon them. And if we can be there for them, that's great. If we can minister to them. But that's, that's one thing I wanted to share. And then, and then the other thing is, 
I want to read Ephesians 5.14, and then I want to, I want to stir us up in uh, some that really stirred me up, because I saw the world in it. I saw the world. There's a, a natural um, example from nature, if you will, uh, that I want to read to you guys. And it really is a picture of the world and how we need to be doing our part. But, but in Ephesians 5.14, it says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. We need to be fully awake and have the flame on full, full heat. Fully turned up. I want to read this because it made me think of the world. Um, in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, and, I've, and I've shared this before a long time ago, um, there was an African fish eagle that was almost extinct, uh, much like our bald eagle. It looks a lot like our bald eagle, except it's smaller. Um, the fish eagle uh, that I'm talking about right now there was a zoo, and it had been in this zoo for 10 years, and the zoo was closing. And when they closed the zoo, they wanted to clean this, this, this fish, this fish eagle up, and they wanted to take it to a safe habitat. And so um, this, in the 10 years at the zoo, this fish eagle bird, it, it only had room to fluff its feathers out about that far, and maybe turn a little bit here and there, and that was it. It was like, to me, it was cruelty. But that's how the zoo was, that's what they had room for, and that's how they kept it. In the cleaning of it, uh, they wanted to release a clean bird, so they cleaned the bird up. Um, they drive it out to this uh, remote area, um, I'm skipping a lot, and to where it would have a good chance of survival. They open the cage, they take the bird out, and they set it on a rock, and this bird, what do you think? It just sits there. That's all it's ever done. That's all it's ever known. It sits there. It doesn't move. Matter of fact, it sat exactly the same way it did in its cage, looking down. And they thought, well, let's like show it that it's out in the open, you know? And so they gave it a little prod. They, they poked it. They were trying to, and it would just move just a tiny bit over when they, when they poked it. And they're like, oh my gosh, so hours, several hours had gone by, and they were thinking, you know, this, this, this bird's going to die. It's gonna, a predator's going to come along and eat it. So they thought, well, let's pack it up. And, and as they were getting ready to put the bird back in the cage, and I just want us to get a picture of this, of this, this eagle, the bondage that it was in. It never knew freedom, so it never knew how to fly. And just look at that with the world and the people that are being lied to. They've been set free, but they don't know it. Many people in the church have been set free, and they don't know it. So we're not just ministering to people in the world. We need to pay attention to our brothers and sisters and help them get set free. So this, this bird, this caged bird, they're getting ready to pack it up and, and put it away uh, because they're concerned about it dying. And just when they were getting ready to pack it up, another fish eagle from the wild flies overhead. And this bird has a very particular sound. 
It's not like other birds. It's got a screech that is beautiful. And another wild one overhead called out, started calling out. And the bird looked up for the first time. And he's like looking and he, you know they have acute vision. And he gets his vision on this bird and he's watching it. The, the wild one, he's watching the wild bird. And this caged bird that was oblivious to its surroundings is now uh, looking and, and within 20 minutes tried to fly. It, it, initially it wasn't, the whole story of that is actually kind of funny. It, um, its first attempt, uh, it flew into another tree and then it got stuck in a tree and it was upside down and feathers were going everywhere because if you haven't flown for a while, your feathers are all like stuck in there and stuff like that, so it was a mess. So very undignified for an eagle. I mean, come on, it's an eagle. Um, but uh, within 45 minutes, it says, within 45 minutes to an hour, a bird that had never flown before was now flying with the other eagle and they knew it would be okay at that point. They knew that the bird would survive or have a better chance. And it's because another bird called out to it. Why did it fly? How could no one taught it? Because God put that in them. Well, the world is very much like we are. Their spirit. God created man, another speaking spirit. Now, their spirit is dead to Christ, but they're going to respond to the word of God just like we do. When we speak the word, it doesn't have to be thus saith the Lord. It's like, did you know God can heal you? Did you know God can prosper you? Did you know God can change your circumstances? Did you know that, that, that bondage there, that you're in, God can change that? Do you know how many people want to get set free and they can't? They don't know the steps. They need us to give our drive-by screech or our, in our situations, you know, maybe it's one or two times just going to them speaking the word. We need to ask God, where is my harvest field, Father? Because the harvest is great, the Bible says, but the laborers are few. We need to reach out to the world. We need to reach out to a dying world. They've been blinded. They've been caged. They've been lied to. Why else do they act the way they act? And it's their nature. You, we acted badly. Before we got saved, most of us said, some of y'all got saved like at birth or something. Our children, you know, they, they, but then even still then, there's some bad activity, you know, even from birth. So, uh, but we need to give each other some room and stir up that compassion in us for the world. That's our job. That's our assignment. From our birth, when you were first born into this world, an assignment was attached to you. Each one of us have an assignment. Some of us, it's our family, it's our children, and then maybe some neighbors. I, I, I'm not even gonna try to guess what anybody's assignment is. All I know is that we each have an assignment. The Bible says there are books that are written of us in heaven. And I want to pray for us tonight. And as I pray, if you want to just receive that, I dare you to receive it and say, God, that's me. I want that. I want to know my assignment.
Because I can guarantee you your assignment with God is greater than anything you can even fathom, anything you can make up in your mind, anything that, that the world tries to feed you to tell you is exciting. The assignment that God has for us far outweighs what the world can offer. And so I'm gonna pray for us tonight. Because if you're struggling with your assignment or if you didn't even know you had an assignment, some of us are, it's to, it's to minister pulpit ministry. Some of us will never see the pulpit. We're like that heart that is beating and keeping the body alive, but it's never seen. If you see the heart, you got problems. Some parts of the body are not to be seen. Hallelujah. So I'm just stirring you up right now, getting you ready to receive a prayer that will change your life. And I wouldn't be surprised if you had dreams tonight, if you had visions, if you had a a meeting with God somehow. Oh, God loves us and he loves the world. Oh, he so loves the world. He didn't come for the saved. He came for the lost and the dying, the confused. Can you imagine uh, the rapture, the, catch, the great catching away when we're gone, the confusion that's going to be here? Oh my gosh. What they'll be, oh my, they'll, they, I can just hear them. We should have listened. We, we had a neighbor that told us. My coworker spoke to me about this. Matter of fact, you don't even know if you might be speaking into that time period. They may not accept now, but then let's say the rapture comes and they're like, oh my God, my friend told me and now they're gone. What they said was true. The rapture did come. And then they're like looking for a Bible. How do I get saved? She told me what to do. I'm just going to do that, Father. If there's still time for me, they will live in hell. It'll be, they'll probably not make it very far. But at least they'll be saved because of what you said. Because of your testimony to them. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Help me to pray this, Father. I lift up this body in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you begin to minister right now. Right now. In the hearts, the minds, everybody here. Everybody online with the sound of, within the sound of my voice. Minister to them now, Father. Hallelujah. If you're confused about your assignment, you don't know your assignment, God's got something special for you. And I pray, Father God, that you bring revelation knowledge, a Holy Spirit push in their understanding of what their assignment is in these end days, what's been written in their books in heaven about them to be fulfilled in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, Father God, I pray that you stir them up and see the importance of praying in the Holy Spirit. Spending time with you, Father, in Jesus' name. Praying in the Holy Ghost, those anointed sounds and syllables that you make sense of, Father God. The perfect, praying out the perfect will of God. Spending time in prayer and in the word, Father God. I pray that you stir this body up and make that a priority in their hearts and minds. And that they have a sense, an urgency for the lost. Compassion for the lost. Compassion for their neighbor, their relatives, their friends. Whoever it is that you put on their heart, Father God. And you give them a plan and make it easy for them. And they know their next step in their harvest field. In Jesus' name, we ask this, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.